Hello, friends. This is Taver Lee, and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. Welcome back to Grit and Grace. Today's guest works with people who know that they are here for more. People who are burned out, frustrated, or simply not satisfied. She arms them with the tools and courage to take aligned and intuitive action to change their life. She is a world-class facilitator, speaker, and coach who owns a personal development company with her incredible husband. And she was formerly the youngest international trainer for an education program and worked with educators and students across the world. She has since transferred that skill to the personal development world, but with a spiritual twist. As an Australian who has lived and taught in multiple countries, she knows firsthand what it takes to leave a small town and build your dream life from scratch. But nothing is more important than your inner guidance system, which is your truth. So help me welcome Kara Kelly to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. I love it that we met well over a year ago. And although our, our, our circles don't cross much, our energy fields do, because I feel like I know you very well already. <laughs> I know. Me too. It's so funny. I remember when you first messaged me about this and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it just is so cool because I do feel like we are like soul sisters for sure. Yeah. One thing that I love that you do in your work is... You are, you are bringing these tools that are traditional professional development tools or personal development tools, but you do have that spiritual twist to it. And of course, you know, on this show, we're talking all things spiritual. Mm-hmm. So I love the words that you're using in terms of manifesting and intuition, like you're applying that in all areas of life, which is, I, I think, really super amazing. So let's, let's start there. Like, how did, how did you make that transition from, you know, the education field and, and the work that you were doing into personal development? Yeah. So I, as you know, I grew up in Australia and um, I studied teaching. I, I felt really cold to be a teacher and I was, very successful with my teaching and I loved it. And as, as you said, I was a trainer for an education program and I traveled with that. And then I got to a certain point in my life and I just thought, you know, I, I need to get out of my hometown. I need, I was from a small town and I went, I need to leave. And I made very logical decisions, you know, in my life up until that point. Um, and I, I moved to Scotland. That was a logical decision. And, and it really wasn't until I was there that I realized like something wasn't in alignment. You know, I just didn't feel it didn't. I mean, I loved it. It's beautiful. I have family there. It was easy, right? It was a very easy decision, but it didn't feel right. And I felt cold to the U S and so it, this began my like awakening, I guess, of my intuition. And then I like after that, like after I'd been teaching in the US, I was actually pulled into the entrepreneurial world through network marketing at the time. And so that's when I really dove into personal development and I started to really like learn a lot about myself and I loved it. And I loved a lot that I was learning, but I would sit there and I'm like, man, they could be 
making such more, like so much more of an impact if they knew how to teach more effectively. And I saw this gap in the market with personal development of two things. One, they didn't, they were speaking, they were just speaking. They weren't engaging their audience Mm. like they could. And two, and so the, the focus of the of any event, really, any personal development event was the speaker, not the audience. And I'm like, the people that need the, the that are there for change is the audience. So I was like, mm. if they knew how to facilitate more effectively, this could be phenomenal. And then the other thing was, I knew that the in, your intuition, your truth, like that was the key to everything, because I'd been like. Basically, I was trying to make this network marketing work. I was trying to make like different aspects of my life work, quote unquote, and to have success in it. But I wasn't doing it through a space of intuition. I was doing it all through logic, ego and fear. And it wasn't until I really tapped into my intuition and utilized that, that everything changed for me. And so I just knew Mm. like that needs to be more incorporated in the personal development world as well. Mm. you said two things that I want to like pull out like little threads one of them was I was trying to Mm. like trying to do like the supposed to the logical the fit within this is the path Mm -hmm. versus I was feeling like you Mm. said when you were in Scotland that you started to you could feel that it wasn't right. And we're not taught what to do with that, right? right. You know, our modern our modern system, <laughs> our, our Western ways, especially, we do not teach people when something feels, especially if it feels in your body, because I do a lot of work bringing people into their body, our bodies don't lie to us. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are the vessel of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't, if something doesn't feel right, listening to that is... Is, is the most important. That's what you're talking about. Truth, mm-hmm. intuition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a, I remember one of the main things that happened for me was when I landed in the U S to, to teach at this um, educational training seminar in San Diego, it was the moment. And I didn't land in San Diego. I landed in New York, I think was the initial point. And it was the moment that I landed in the U S it was this just like deep, feeling within me of this is where you're meant to be. Like, this is it. And I remember being like, wait, what? The U.S.? Like, (laughs) you want me here? Mm. Like, okay. Like, I didn't know really anyone here. Like, it just was, it made no sense. And then I had, like, I traveled the U.S. for two months. And so I did the teaching gig and then I traveled. And, like, even on a, you know, I went on a, um, a tour from New York to San Francisco where I was like camping my way across the US and, mm. and I just had the most like beautiful things happen that were, you know, when you just, those moments that you're like, that is so strange. And when you're not really in tune with your intuition, all of the signs that are coming up and you're like, this is just insane. <laughs> How can these yeah. like, co- and you think they're coincidences, mm-hmm. which there are no coincidences. It's just all these beautiful little signs of like, all right, Kara, this is where you're meant to be. Come on. Like mm-hmm. this is the path. And I think up until that point, I'd very much ignored a lot of those signs um, until they were like slapped across my face. But at this point I was like, all right. And yeah, it took, it took me a lot. Cause I went back to Scotland mm-hmm. and I was, I was, mm-hmm. I was stone broke. I didn't, there really was no logical reason to move, but my gut was just kept pulling me. And I'm like, 
And I ended up doing it. I just took a leap of faith for the first time in my life. And it was so magical. Like so many things just, my dream job fell into my lap within two days and like everything just was like totally aligned. Right. And don't you find though sometimes when we have those coincidences or I like to call them the the little threads or doors that open along the way, Mm -hmm. we don't understand them in the moment, right? (laughs) Leading, following them and knowing when to follow them Yes, we can do that, but we don't understand the meaning. Mm-hmm. Like I can look back. I mean, I've had this massive transformative, transformative year and I look back to things that I didn't understand in the moment. I knew what to do. I knew to follow, you know, mm-hmm. the information I'm given. I work with spirit allies. And so when my allies are giving me knowledge, I, I go with it, but it doesn't mean I always understand why. Right. Sometimes it takes time to look back and th- think, oh, that's <laughs> why <laughs> And now, and now, and and I don't think that we're always meant to know in the moment, right? Because, you know, as a seer, I could see lots of things, but I'm not meant to see everything or what's the purpose of living a human experience Mm -hmm. if I don't get to like actually be, be in it and experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So I love how you have just presented that, that you didn't, that you didn't know, you just felt and Mm. you followed. I want to go back to one other thing that you said, and this is kind of maybe outside of what we're going to talk about today, but was so important for those that listen to the show that are entrepreneurs or speakers Mm. or do work in the public is that creating that two-way communication Mm. in any speaking engagement, any educational event, any retreat is always the focus. Like Mm -hmm. we could do a whole nother podcast just on that alone (laughs) because it's a co-creation. Yes. Uh, I, I have so many students that come into mystery school, into my classes, and um, yes, I give them information, and yes, I create and hold activations, but it is always a co-created container, mm-hmm. which means there has to be engagement both ways, and that doesn't mean somebody has to like answer a question or, you know, they. It's not about what their physical participation is, Mm. but it's understanding and knowing what they need in the moment. Mm. So if you're speaking or teaching and have no awareness as to what's happening into your audience, you are missing half of what the the transformation Mm. is possible, which you just said. And I I just had to highlight that because that's we don't we don't talk about that on this show very often from a teacher or Mm. a mentor perspective. And maybe we should bookmark that for another show. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, it's it is so important. And I mean, even even teachers that had taught for years that I've worked with, it's I think we're taught that as the speaker, you're the bearer of all knowledge, you know, like you're the one you're imparting your knowledge onto someone else. And it's like, well, you know, about five percent of what someone says will be retained. There's mm-hmm. that 95 percent will be retained if they have an opportunity to write, to talk about it, to interact, to, you know, to really engage in that information. And so, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> just know it makes yeah. such a difference. I do think we should, we, we could, we could talk about that. I'll, I'll make yeah. a note to follow up with you about it because I, I think that the other part of that, that's super, super important is that as knowledge givers, mm. we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to deliver right? To mm-hmm. deliver, to like to, to, to open the floodgates and let all of my yes. expertise lead the way because I'm the queen and I know it all and I'm going to give you, but, but the truth is, is that if it's not landing on the other side, then you're doing zero. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna. We'll, we'll yeah, skip, we we'll, can totally talk about that. Yes, <laughs> I'm bookmarking that. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a podcast about that yes. because there's so many people that listen to the show that are, especially in spiritual communities, that are are leaders mm-hmm. in their community, whether it's in their job or their spirituality, just fuels the person that they are and how they show up in life. So I think that that would be really great. Yeah, and it doesn't come from a place of I I never see the people that are presenting as like they're too egotistic to know, you know, they just, no. it's just that they Mm-mm. don't know, they don't know how to do it in a more effective way. So yeah. There's yeah. Different and it takes the pressure off of oh, the, so the speaker, the teacher yeah. in the moment to know that you're creating it together and you're not just in a silo yes. up there in front, whether it's on a computer screen or on a stage, that you, when you're not just up there in front and you are a part of a collective, it's like, Oh <sighs> yeah, I don't have to, I'm not doing this alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> All right. So back to Scotland. So you made your way to, to Scotland, knowing that it wasn't right, and you decided to take a leap of faith and come back to the U.S.? Yeah, well, I just remember sitting, I I got back, and I lived with my great uncle, who I just adored. He was just such a beautiful soul, and and I just remember being like, what am I going to do? Like, I, and I had so many, you know, when you have a decision to make, especially when you're young, and you, you talk to all of your friends, all of your family, like you get everyone's input. You're like, what should I do? Like, I really feel like I should move to the US. And what's everyone's, like, what What are we taught in society? Mm-hmm. Logical. Like, Cara, you should just stay in Scotland, get a job at a pub. And like, you know, what I and I had a job at a pub and, you know, work, save some money and then go or get a job lined up in the US, get your visa lined up, get all of that organized before you go and then go like just spend another few months. Like that was what everyone told me. And I was like, yeah, but ah, this like inner feeling I have, I, I don't know. And I remember going on a hike and I, well, it wasn't really a hike. It was, if you've ever been to Edinburgh, you'd, you'd be familiar with Arthur's Seat. So it's not exactly a hike, but it's this, you know, it's an old extinct volcano in the middle of Scotland and it's just beautiful. And I had this one rare sunny day <laughs> in Scotland because mm-hmm. it's normally rainy and miserable. It was gorgeous and sunny. And I went, you know what? I'm going to go walk up Arthur's Seat. And I had no idea. I didn't realize it was as as big as it was. Um, But I really had no idea how to get like, get to the top. I didn't have any directions or anything like that. And I remember like walking around the bottom and there was all these different paths. And I saw people in all different areas of the mountain. And I was like, where do I go? Like, which path do I take? And then I just remember being like, oh, there's some people there. I'm just going to go that way. Like, and so I just started walking in one direction and then I came to another fork in the road and I was like, oh, okay, now where do I go? And I couldn't see the actual top because it was so, you know, it was such a big mountain at the bottom. You can't always see the top when you're, you know, you know where up is, but you could go around, you know, there was so many different ways to get there. And I just remember I had to trust my gut in that moment. I had to come back to intuitively, which way do I go? And at one point, like I was wearing, I wasn't wearing the the right, equipment. You know, I wasn't wearing proper sneakers. I think I might've even been wearing flip-flops. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I just, and I ended up like, there was one part where I kind of had to climb a wall a little bit. And, and I, so there was challenges. Right. And I remember getting to the top and eventually I was like, Oh, there it is. I can see, like, I can see the top. And so I got up to the top and I looked down and there were thousands of different ways I could have gone to get to that mm. one point. And I was like, that's my life right now. Mm. I could 
there are so many paths I could take, but I just have to trust my intuition and it's going to get me wherever it is that I need to go. And I remember meditating by a lake and I closed my eyes and I was like, what do I do? You know, do I just go or do I stay? And I like opened my eyes at the end and I was surrounded by swans. And I was like, mm. I got to go. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, you don't know the how mm-hmm. and you don't know why. Like I didn't have any idea, but I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to. And I remember going back to my uncle and I was like, I have to go. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it because I don't have the money, but he could just tell in me that it needed to happen. And I remember him being like, I'll help you. I'll help you do it. Mm. And he helped me with my ticket and I, I packed up and went. And it was the most, like, it was un- unreal. It was just amazing. So, yeah. That feels like a really pivotal moment in who you are today mm-hmm. is that big, deep surrendering. Mm that you did because it opened a portal into this life that you now live, Mm -hmm. right? You surrendered into that portal of opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into the U S and let's move into, (laughs) um, how you teach others to surrender to that same inner knowing field or, or as we know of intuition, there's so many names to call it, but mm-hmm. I like to call it our, our, our inner knowing or our wisdom center mm-hmm. intuition, all same thing. Yeah. It's, it's something beyond the five senses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and so how do you lead others down that path at this point? Yeah. I mean, so at the moment I, I do one-on-one coaching, I do programs, you know, all that kind of stuff, but really it's about, because the, the thing is, as you know, like the way that you tap into your intuition, your I call it your truth, like your, you know, mm-hmm. your inner guidance system is different often to how other people do, like how I do it, how, you know, my clients do it. And so a lot of it brings in that reflective process that I take people through of like having them journal, like what, you know, when have you ever been in tune with Um, When have you ever been in tune with your intuition? Like when have you noticed Mm. that little voice, you know, and asking them those powerful questions and it allows them to then reflect on, well, actually, yeah, I do remember hearing it at this point. Or, you know, I remember when I started dating this guy and I had that little deep voice, little knowing of this isn't Mm. your one, even though that makes sense logically on paper, they might be many of the things that, you know, you want to attract, your gut instinct is telling you no. And and they when they can identify that, you know, having people really identify times in their life. And it's not about sitting there and kind of blaming yourself for the times that you haven't listened to it. It's about stepping into now. Okay, so knowing that now, how can I utilize my intuition moving forward? I like to look at it as when intuition has knocked at our door versus when do we start knocking at intuition's door? Because <laughs> without without asking, we are getting signs and signals all the time, mm-hmm. right? We're not we're not consciously. It doesn't matter who you are or what your spiritual belief is. It's coming to you naturally. It's so simple as when you get in the car to leave and you realize, oh, did I turn the oven off? <laughs> and you walk in and then find your sunglasses sitting on the counter and the oven was turned off, but you actually wanted your, your sunglasses. sunglasses. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm glad that I thought about that. It's like it's working behind the scenes all the time. Mm. 
And then you're talking about shifting people into the stage of being able to seek it out mm. as a way of living, as a way of making decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Through everything. Because I think, and I think sometimes when naturally good at following our intuition in some areas of our life as well. Like Mm. I had this realization before I met my husband that I was very good at, like, I trust my intuition when I moved across the world multiple times and, you know, leave quitting jobs and um, finding houses to live. Like I was very good at following my intuition and my truth in those moments. But when it came to relationships, I was terrible at it. Like I would, and I was a people pleaser, people pleaser, like big time. And so I would go on dates. I had a list. I had all, I was doing all the manifestation things, but I wasn't following my truth. And I would meet them and be like, you're an amazing guy. And I know in my gut, you're not my one, but Mm. maybe, you know, and you don't know what you don't know. So I'd be like, but maybe they are, maybe let's just give it a chance. Maybe the things that aren't on my list, I mean, that are on my list that they're not right now, maybe, maybe they will be if I give them a chance, you know? And so I had to really check myself on that and start tapping into my intuition and, and following it. Cause like you said, we might get that feeling you've got to actually follow it. You know, a lot of people be like, like you said, Oh, do I leave the oven on? Or I need to get, get a message of you need to call your grandma and you're Mm. like, Oh yeah, but I'm going to work. I'll call her later. Right. And you don't know why you're being called to call her right now. And same with, you don't know why you're getting that intuition and that intuitive pull that this isn't your one. So it's, yeah, I, it's like society's standards have set us up to live a formula, right? Exactly. We live a formula, how we, how we get up, how we go to work, how we come home, how we meet someone, how we have sex and make babies, mm-hmm. and then how we, how we just live out our life to die, basically. Exactly. And, and living with your intuition in every moment of every day does not fit into that box. No. And, yeah. <laughs> it requires you, right, to be, to be willing to say, oh my goodness, I had this planned for today, but none of that feels good. It doesn't feel right. And not that I'm discounting my responsibilities, but something is not right with this in the moment and I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, I guess I'm going to do that. Like mm. it, it, it really requires us to step out of the patriarchal <laughs> way that we have been conditioned to live. Yes, yes, conditioning. And that's a huge part of what I teach as well is like we all have a blueprint, like for every area mm-hmm. of our life, we all have conditioning you know, and that creates like limiting beliefs and fears that we, we live our life by that because we're taught, you know, like you said, when we're in school, think of, you know, what do you want to study? And you have to have it all mapped out. And that's why my life was so, yeah, like it it was so logical. And it was like, I was following that formula. And again, I remember having family members be like, Bakara, you're an amazing teacher. Like, why would you leave teaching? Like you didn't take that job. That was Uh, You know, people in jobs, like at this one school had a phenomenal principal and I was working part-time. I didn't want a full-time job and I got offered a full-time teaching position and people at the school were like, you turn that down? Do you know how many people would die to have a full-time, like be offered a full-time job at this school? And I'm like, well, cool. Someone else that it's designed for is going to get that, right? That's not for me right now. And you're right because it's all that conditioning and I, I like to refer to it as an onion. You know, we are all onions and a lot of people think of Shrek, but, you know, it's about peeling back those layers of conditioning. You know, we've built on, we've added on, as we grow, we add on unnecessary layers sometimes. So we want to get back to the core of who we are 
and release all that conditioning. A lifetime of work. Mm -hmm. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lifetime. And just when you think you're at the core and you're all (laughs) happily settled and, 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 and you're like, Oh, I, I, I got it all right. My intuition's working. I'm flowing through life and living my purpose. And then it's like, boom. Oh, What's that? That's another layer I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And because really the moment that we stop learning is when we start dying right. and then we die. And I think that at least in, I, I always reference the Western part of the world. We don't talk often about death because uh, mm. it, we're, we're conditioned that it's a scary thing. But really, if we spend more time thinking about death, we will live a more richer life. Mm, that's so true. And, you know, my mm-hmm. husband's a great example of that. I don't know if you know anything about Brandon. But no, but let's, yeah. I, I think I saw a video of Brandon. Tell us a little bit about how you guys work together now and tell us a little bit about Brandon. So, well, he, I mean, not about how we work together, but he was in a crazy motorcycle accident way before we met um, where he basically had a 430% chance of dying. He broke his arm, broke his leg, snapped his pelvis in half, severed his femoral artery, like um, Mm. lost the front row of his teeth, had a severe and traumatic brain injury, was dead on arrival, like horrific accident. And like, Mm. he's one of those people that he's very aware of death. Like he's so aware of death because he was there. He was delivered, literally he, you know, Fairmont Cemetery in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. He bounced off the, the fence of that cemetery. He literally nearly delivered himself to the grave. Like mm. amazing, like crazy, amazing story. And now he's, you would never know he's been in any kind of accident when you meet him. Like he's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a whole side, side note, but like he inspires me every day because he really does live every day to the complete fullest. And he is so present. And I just think it's so admirable how present he is. <laughs> I think you just described the correlation that you and I have felt all this time because like Brandon, I have also through different tumors that I've grown in my body and Mm. um, complications to surgery, I've been to the edge. Like I've really, I've been to the edge Mm. and to the edge to where I tried to say goodbye to my children. And uh, as I was leaving the ICU and going into an additional surgery, I I was okay to go. Like I was actually okay. I, I thought that that was it for me. And I had lived a great life. Like my children are wonderful human beings. Like I felt so at peace to go. And I went into the surgery and then I woke up and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm I'm still still here. I guess, I, I guess there's, I guess there's more. And, but I, I honestly will tell you that I, at least once a day, at least once every single day have a rush of gratitude that wow. I'm still here. And it's not that I relive that memory, but just a rush of, re- I have a rush of remembering that I almost wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can relate in a different way to Brandon mm. about that, which you are such a receiver mm. of that energy that that makes sense why that you and I are like, sense. oh, hi, hi. <laughs> I've known you forever. Like, yeah. Forever, many, many lifetimes, I suspect many mm-hmm. lifetimes. I agree. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, t- so tell me a little bit about the work you and Brandon do together now. Yeah. So I, it's kind of crazy because I feel like when we met, I don't know if you know the story of how we met. I, I, I don't need to tell that whole thing because it's wild. Like it's such a wild story. <laughs> but we did connect many years before we actually ended up together. Right. Oh, wait. You met on a dating app and then didn't see each other. Yep. 
and then and then lived your life and you were doing something in a nonprofit. I do remember you do this. Remember I, I, you were doing something in a nonprofit and he direct messaged you about the nonprofit and then you realized you had already met before. Mm-hmm. And you were living on different sides well, of the world yep. at the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's crazy. I guess is. I do know your yeah, story. You there you go. I just told your story. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And because the charity, like it didn't have my name on it, mm. nothing about me. And he messaged crazy. that charity being like Yes, yes, yes. I love you already. My name is Brennan Kelly. This is what I do. And wow. he was like saying that to the company, like the charity, not to a person. Like, yeah. So it was, and I'm like, Brandon, it's Cara Glenn. Like, what? <laughs> and so then we, yeah, then we spoke. But that's a perfect, you know, example as well of had we met. So when we first matched on a dating, on the dating app, it was 2000 and. 14, I want to say. And I ended up going to Hawaii, which is funny. I went to Hawaii. Like we tried catching up for a coffee and whatever else, but had we met at that point, we were at such different points in our life that mm-hmm. I don't know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it, it wasn't meant to it be. It wasn't then. meant to be, mm-hmm. you know? And now when mm-hmm. we came, when we actually came together in 2017, like it was wild. We were like, oh, a lot. we'd been living parallel lives. Like I was looking, cause I, my, my company started out being called follow your truth. And the whole point was empowering people to follow their truth. And I had literally just started my company when we met and days before we reconnected, I was like, I want to, I want a man, like a guy to collaborate with, to run events with that is in like the physical fitness world that will bring like bring it all together. Cause a lot of what I do, right, like that masculine holding that big masculine yes, space, like mm-hmm. having the masculine and the feminine. And I know we all have both within us, but like mm-hmm. having a physical representation of both, um, plus like phys- the physical, mental and emotional and spiritual all together in our programs. I was like, that's what I want. Like, that'd be amazing. And then I met him and I was like, wow. Like, and we thought we'd only work together on business and then we fell in love. <laughs> But, and he had been doing the same thing because he had his own company and his was, his is very spiritual as well. Like Brandon can't, Brandon's one of the deepest people that I know. Like he can't not be spiritual. <laughs> he, you definitely should have him on here because he will mm-hmm. come out with things I that you're like, to. what did you just like, it just is. I would love to please yeah. let him know that that's an open invitation. I will. <laughs> yeah. I think you two will get along really well. Um, but yeah, like, we just, it was, it was such perfect timing and we knew we were going to run events together, teach people together, but it really hasn't come together until this last, what are we in 22? Last year, 2021, we finally, like I finally launched my business and then we ended up coming together, running a program called the Empowerment Project last year, 2000, yeah, 2021. And it was just, it's just so, so cool to do it together um, because we have such different perspectives that we bring to the group. Yeah, so, right. yes. Which is, makes it rich, right? It yeah. makes it rich and deep. And so you have a program starting in March. Tell us about that. Yes. So it is the, the empowerment project. This is the second round of the empowerment project that we will have run. Um, it's a three month program and it's really for people, like you said in the beginning, like people that just know they're here for more. You know, people mm-hmm. that maybe are working a job that they feel unsatisfied in, maybe it fulfilled their purpose at a certain point and they're just like, I know there's something else, but I don't know what, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of the what the program is we really dive deep into who are you 
Um, what is your uniqueness? What do you bring to this world? And like pull that out of you and find a way to marry it all together um, so you can offer it to the world in a really beautiful way. And then we go into a strategy that, um, that we use that's really effective in business to put yourself out there. So it's the, yeah, kind of more the like inner work, then the, the strategy and then the implementation where often a lot of fears and things come up. So the last month, the third month is a lot of, okay, let's do this now, you know, and then... Oh my God. I love it. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I, I, I should have mentioned I'm, I am in Hawaii. For those that didn't know, I'm in Hawaii. So we have lots of animals on this property I'm in. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> I love it. That was perfect. <laughs> I just love that you listened. It was like a message for you. I know. It's I was like, like, hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like really diving into, you know, what stops you from actually doing it. Because a lot of people know the strategy, you know, they think the strategy mm. is what stops them, but it's actually usually inner work that stops them. There's mm-hmm. fear of judgment, fear of, you know, whatever, fear of failure, fear of success and all of that. So we dive into all of that. Um, it includes like boxer coaching, which is phenomenal. So it's pretty much like you have two coaches on hand for three months um, while we do like really deep, deep work in the, you know, workshops as well. So. Beautiful. And I, I love that you're covering not just the inner work, because as we've talked about today, that inner work is the the deconditioning, right? Yes. Like the unwinding of what we think it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then once you start imagining what's possible, having somebody alongside you to say, okay, that's possible. Yes. Here's how you actually do it. So building life on your terms, mm-hmm. in your truth, mm-hmm. and then support during implementation. It sounds like a beautiful program. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been this last group have just it's been amazing to watch their transformation. So yeah. Wonderful. Well, we will put the link for people to join in the show notes. And then of course, um, any social media or any places people can find you, we're going to put that in the show notes. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for like hearing my call across times and lands (laughs) and wherever we may be to stay connected, to be able to share your experience and your wisdom. You know, we, we, we need, we need you in the world now Mm. to, you know, weave this magic for others. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for keep coming back. Cause I know it took a minute for us to to make this happen, but it's divine timing. And I, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And when you're like, Oh, well that date, I'm like, sure. I'll be in Hawaii. Great. We'll do it on the, in the jungle from the jungle. (laughs) So perfect. I love it. Wonderful. Thank Thank you you again so much. And for those of you listening, of course, we appreciate your rating and review of the show always, but the best way to help support the show is to share it with someone who you think would benefit from listening. So make sure you put this on your social media and tag me, Taverly or Moon Temple School or Kara, because we'll put her link in the show notes too. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.